This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Folks, we are back with the MVSP. It's Ayo. me, Joe Nagy, along with my co-host, Brandon Worth. It's great to be in the studio today, Brandon. It is good. Um, obviously, Wednesday did not work out as I was actually having wisdom teeth surgery done, and Joe had other priorities that he had to do, which is okay, because we have lives too. <laughs> but we are back in the studio, ready to go, and if you guys actually missed it, we did a collab episode with Mikes and Takes that is surely full big of time, debate. Big time episode. Yeah, if you're a fan of breakfast cereal, you don't want to miss this no, episode. No, you really don't. You're just going to have to check it out for yourself. But check them out, Mikes and Takes on Bulldog Radio, our co-partner in the sports department here. And we have a fun time with those guys. Barrett and Travis do a great job. Mm-hmm. But as we get into the show today, Joe, let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. We got a full slate today. NBA Finals, then on to NFL, and then a little bit of NHL Stanley Cup action to round out the show. But, Brandon, the big question is, the Young Heat have punched their ticket to the finals to take on the veteran Lakers. We've been talking about this a little bit so far for the past couple uh, episodes. Um, What are your thoughts? Do you think think Jimmy Butler and the Heat can take it? I I really think that this Heat team is going to give the Lakers a run for their money. And a lot of people don't think that. They think, like, this is going to be a 4-5 game. This can be done for the Lakers. They're too good. But, I mean, Lakers, they had some some struggling games when they were playing the Nuggets. And they didn't sweep them, which obviously shows them that they did not get – they obviously did not get the job done they were said going Mm -hmm. to. Because, I mean, I think a lot of people went and said this was the Lakers' conference to lose. They should sweep everybody. And – I mean, even if you're the best team, like the Golden State didn't sweep everybody on their way to no. the finals either. There's going to be teams that get in the way. So, I mean, right now the, the postseason for the Heat has just been like their nickname. They're on fire. They've been <laughs> rolling. They've been on a very hot streak. Uh, it has just been exciting to watch. You've seen guys like Goran Dragic really show what he brings to the table. I mean, drive and dish, really physical guy, finishing strong. He's a really good guide for that. And, I mean, he dishes the ball. He's a great point guard for this team. He really kind of fits the mold of what is needed for that team. Then you got surrounding pieces, Jimmy Butler, um, who's averaging 20.7 points per game. He can fill it. They call him Jimmy Buckets for a reason. Then you got Bam, and then you got Jay Crowder, who is actually, I believe, listed on the injury report ahead of the final. So we'll, we'll have to that, check I feel on like that. That's going to be a big that's – that's honestly going to be a big blow because he's been kind of the one that's been the to round out everything. Because, yeah. I mean, all the other players, they've been playing their position really well. Tyler Harrell's been able to come and clutch off the bench. Duncan Robbins been able to light up from three almost every game. He had, I think, against the uh, – I think game two or three, he kind of had an off night, but then he's been able to pick it back up. Andre Iguodala has been doing a really good job of kind of bringing that veteran mindset of someone who's been there before. Jimmy Butler, obviously, you've talked about it already. He's Jimmy Buckets. He'll get the job done. And bam, he's been a force down in the paint. But Jay Crowder, that one where people are kind of focused on everything else, every everything else that other people are doing on the court, and he's just been able to kind of sneak in there. Get, I mean, he went 6-1-9 and nine last game. It's Mm-hmm. That's probably be a big blow, especially if he has a big game here and there. If he's not there, I'm 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 
a little bit worried to see what the Lakers are going to be able to exploit from that. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the Boston game, like Miami's strength was shown from beyond the arc. They shot 48%. They were 13 of 27. That's ridiculous. From beyond the, yeah, like literally, if you shoot above 40% from downtown, you're, you're doing something right. You are giving your team an opportunity. And then the, the guys on this team that can shoot the basketball, we talked about Jimmy, we talked about Jay Crowder just now. And then we have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson right there. Those guys can fill it any night. And it's just a really exciting – like that's the aura around the Heat right now is they're just such an exciting team to watch. Mm-hmm. They have they bring a lot to the table. I, I personally would have loved to see the Heat play the Nuggets, but obviously – That would have that been a really good That final. would have been an amazing finals to watch. I was kind of looking forward to that. But, I mean, LeBron always gets it done in clutch time as he – Gets it done I for mean, the Lakers. As he, yeah, as he showed last night. Yeah, like literally he just kind of went into the mode. And I know they had a lot of pictures from when he was sitting at midcourt and they had the flashbacks to Kobe and how really it's job's not done and that's really how the the Lakers feel right now. is They got, they got to the finals and that's where they want to be. But now what can they do from here is going to be the big question. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lakers against the Nuggets, they won 117 to 107. LeBron with a triple double, 38 points, 16 rebounds. He obvi- and and 10 assists. He obviously had that Mamba mentality, and I'm I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to bring, especially with that veteran team of the Lakers coming into this finals. If they're just going to squash the dreams of this Heat team, but I mean, like we've said, the Heat they have chemistry. They're role players. They've been able to fill those spots that need to be filled, and if they're going to be able to come in hot and be able to take on you know Dwight Howard who's been playing really well lately Anthony Davis who's arguably one of the probably the best big in the league so far Danny Green who's been able to step up too it's a it's really just a team of superstars that are going to be going up against a young team who haven't been there before yeah and Anthony Davis I think has been one of the most underrated I wouldn't say most underrated players in the in the bubble for say but as far as defensively he gets uh, he gets quite a bit of credit, but I don't think he gets enough credit because I mean, literally, with going up against a guy like Jokic, he really kind of took him out of the game a little bit. And I mean, in the stat category, you can you excuse me, you can obviously see like he's he's getting he's getting points, he's getting a buckets, but he's not getting easy looks. He's getting tough contested one foot fadeaways that we've seen him make so often and that make the social media feed like how is he doing this i gotta teach my kids how to do this <laughs> like because i mean it's just it, the way it looks it's like how in the world is he getting this but, but i mean he's he's making everything tough in the paint and i mean looking at Millsap was one of eight from the field in game seven and then jokic was nine of 16 and i mean they're they're making they made it the Lakers made it tough for the Nuggets to really score inside. They made them shoot the basketball, and they just sometimes you just your shooting luck's gonna run out at some point. Definitely, and I mean this finals kind of reminds me of uh, I think it was that 03, 0-3, yeah, the 04 Pistons versus the Lakers when the Lakers had Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kobe Bryant, and I think the biggest name on the on the Pistons was Ben Wallace. Yep, and those guys were able to pick up those roles, be able to play the way they played in they played individuality they played individual basketball but as a team and that was what they really did well and they were able to come out with a big win and especially for a for a Detroit team to win a championship that's rare. Yeah. But I mean that's what that's what this finals is kind of reminding me of especially if like you said if Anthony Davis can lock down Bam at a Bayou, that might be game over especially for how big of a factor that he's been in the past couple series and especially if they're going to if 
I mean, I'm excited to see who LeBron matches up with, especially on this young team, if he's going to match up with Andre Iguodala. I don't think he's going to match up with Jimmy or probably Duncan or anybody like that. Probably Andre's going to be the one to take him when he comes off the bench. But I'm still kind of interested in seeing what the spread is going to be like, especially for who has to guard who at the start. Because, I mean, we haven't really seen too much veteran uh, competition that the Heat have faced. They played the young Celtics, young Bucks too. It's... I'm excited to see, really. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the Heat as far as team wise with their stature, they're not a they're not a tall team for no. all. I mean, Bam's probably their tallest guy, and I believe he's six nine. And honestly, kind of looks like the 0-4 Pistons if you look at it. I mean, their tallest guy was Rasheed Wallace, who was six ten. He was kind of the one laying down the fort, as well as Ben Wallace in the center, who was pretty much kind of the the shot blocker of the paint the whole series. And I mean, like. The, like literally, when you look at a lot of the 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 O four Pistons, I'm glad you brought this up, Joe, because there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. I mean, Larry Brown was really the one that kind of brought them all together and really gave them the strategic ability to make that big run and get all the way there. I mean, Spolstra has been in that he's been in this situation before, where he's literally brought teams together. Obviously, yes, LeBron was a part of it for some of the years, but I mean. With this team that you had here, a lot of people were really putting doubts on you. They were saying that it's going to be a Celtics Sixers once again, see who battles it out, and then the Bucks kind of come along. Yeah, they're probably going to sprinkle in there. I don't think anybody was thinking Miami in day one no. of the season just because of the the factors they had, and obviously they got Butler, but who else was there? Who else was there? But yeah. these guys have really stepped up. You, you also got to think, Lakers have been the top seed this whole Western Conference Finals, this whole Western Conference playoffs. Pretty much. They've been playing the teams who are a little bit lower that were fighting for a playoff spot and I mean obviously they didn't have I mean a lot of competition really Houston I think went to game six I think it was and then they beat the incredible Nuggets in five games mm-hmm. but the Heat though they've been able to go against the Bucks, who were the number one in the East able to edge them out they were able to beat the Celtics who were pretty high up on the I think they were two or three in the on the other side of the bracket. Were, yeah, yeah. That's just something that I am excited to see because Heat are used to playing these tough teams. Heat are used to having to claw back, be able to play for the long game and get those long series done. But the Lakers, though, they really haven't had, I mean, an incredible amount of competition yet. So I'm wondering if that mindset that the Heat are already in is going to play a big factor. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the, the bubble, I don't think any team has really adjusted to the the bubble as well as Miami has because you haven't really seen any flaws or differences in their game in the bubble compared to out. I mean, the Lakers definitely look a little bit dampened when it comes to that. Um, and, you, I mean, obviously the Clippers definitely look like they didn't adjust very well at all considering that they played pretty subpar to their potential in the playoffs, and that's the reason they got knocked out by Denver. But, I mean, obviously you can make the argument for the Suns because they went 8-0 in the bubble and almost made the playoffs, which could be debatable. But we won't talk about that. But it's going to be an exciting series. I'm really excited to see how these two teams have really kind of different um, attributes to their team, different skills, different strategies. So it'll it'll definitely be it'll be an interesting to see how we, the game plans turn out, to see what each coach is going to do. Um, it's really going to be an exciting battle. Yeah, definitely. And – Last week on Friday when we were over with Mike's and Takes, we ended up going a little bit over with uh, what was going on in the NFL. There was a lot of big uh, controversy in the studio that we were going over, and I think, Brandon, we should probably go over that too. Starting 
honestly, with the Detroit Lions and Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I'll I'll be the one to admit it. I picked the Cardinals. Snake win. And I was wrong. But you know what? I've never been more happy to be wrong. Guys, we did it. We won a football game. We How exciting is that? Against a good that? team, though, too. Oh, it was funny my goodness. Because if you haven't tuned in to the episode of Mike's and Takes, Bear and I were uh, all for the Lions getting their first sneak win of the year. Because, you know, in Lions fashion, we always beat it one good team. That's Doesn't true. Doesn't matter when. That's but true. But Brandon and Travis ended up going with the Cardinals. They were wrong. I've never been more happy to be right, especially with how well that we played last, or uh, I guess yesterday. Um Honestly, Lions played pretty well. Not gonna lie, Brandon. Dude, they did. They played. I don't. I wouldn't say they played amazing, because obviously there. That's were, why I said pretty well. Yeah, that pretty well. I think is a pretty good. Ad- good is another good adjective, but I mean, Stafford was pretty good. He was twenty-two of thirty-one, two seventy-two TDs. He looked pretty good. He was really making some throws that needed to be there. Um, Peterson did great. I mean, he's been really consistent so far. I think he's kind of established himself as the RB one. Um, he's even he even caught a couple passes or only caught one. He I believe had a couple targets, but I mean he's been used a lot. I mean he's getting 22 touches at his age. He's really showing like the fountain of youth is in Detroit for AP. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and when uh, Galladay comes back, it's gonna be tough because he's gonna be fighting for Adrian's spot now. And I think when that comes down to it, if it's gonna happen or never mind, Kenny Galladay was back. He's a wide receiver, isn't he? Yeah. I just totally <laughs> I just had a brain fart there. Yeah, it's okay. But, but I mean, Adrian Peterson, I'm really happy with what we're seeing from him so far. He was really commanding when he really got the ball a couple times, he was commanding of the field. And but I mean, I'm really happy so far with the Lions defense. We were a little bit spotty with them in the first couple of weeks of the NFL, but they've started to come in. Jeff Okuda's been able to pretty much solidify he had a little bit of a tough go of it with deandre hopkins we talked about this a little bit before we came into the studio but with the interception and whole i think he held him to what was it 100 yards i think uh yeah i think something around there i can check really oh uh, yeah but. 10 he had 10 10 touches 137 yards i mean for being a rookie uh defense that he had to face i think the hardest competition he had was a, a clemson wide receiver group that's actually really impressive, especially against, like I said, I think I said this before we came to the studio as well, against a future Hall of Famer, one of the best wide receivers to ever do it. That's very impressive. Mm-hmm. I would say with the secondary right now, I think a lot of people um, are really kind of just holding hope because, I mean, without Trufant, it was going to be Okuda matched up against Hopkins. And if you didn't think coming in that uh, Hopkins was going to reach near the triple triple digits and yards that would have been kind of um, an overstatement because I mean DeAndre Hopkins is putting up big numbers against every corner in the NFL he's got one of the best skill sets we've ever seen at receiver so Okuda did have an interception one of three Lions takeaways on Sunday which was absolutely huge I mean we haven't had that many like we haven't I don't think we that was our first interception and first three interceptions of the season which was really a big a big they were all in big moments when Arizona was pulling drives yeah. together. I mean, Kyler threw a lot more than it seemed like he he normally does cuz there's a lot of times we see him tuck and run and I mean, we can go past the the second quarter touchdown run when he juke Jeff Okuda out of his ankles, but <laughs> I mean, it's going to I mean, really you just kind of if you're Okuda in that situation, I feel like you just got to go for him and go for yeah cuz I I mean, the more you wait, the more you're giving Kyler Murray a chance to get 
himself in a position. He's no slouch to, either. Yeah, he's 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 one of the shiftiest quarterbacks by far in the NFL as far as running the ball is concerned. But I mean, three turnovers for the Cardinals was a little bit too much. I mean, it's just something where they they really need to control that stuff. They need to because I mean they gave away a touchdown possession for sure. And then a couple other drives that were starting to go off, and then they they got turned around with the interception. So Kyler was throwing a little high, but I mean, it just seemed like a lot of the throws. I mean, even the first one where it was off the tight end's hands, he threw a high ball, jumped up, tipped, goes right into the hands of Duran Harmon, who played very well on Sunday. So um, he's definitely been an underrated guy, I feel like, as far as defense is concerned. But I will say this: the special teams. I've seen so many Jack Fox for MVP. I'm on board. I I feel like this was one of the, like I one of my question marks was Sam Martin is going to be gone and now we have a rookie, and he's leading the NFL in net punting average right now. Him and Tony McRae pinning inside the five yard line. I believe it happened at least twice, if not three times on Sunday. That that really helps you out because I mean when you have to go 99 yards multiple times as an offense for the Cardinals, if you have to go 80 plus yards, how many times? You're, you're not going to be as successful as when you get some shanked punts at the 40 mm-hmm. and the 50. That's cutting your drive distance in half. Yeah, a 51.3-yard average. He's leading the NFL with that. That's insane. As a rookie. Yeah, as a, as rookie, a rookie. That's insane. What a, what a bold move by the front office, but, boy, that worked out. Yeah, but that was incredible. It was awesome. We got the W. I'm glad I'm wrong. I'm, I really am glad I'm wrong. I'm super glad. I'm glad take, you're wrong, too. I'm, oh, thanks, Joe. <laughs> But um, we, we don't have to mention all of the ones that we both got right and wrong. But one that I got right that I know you did as well was the Sunday night game last night. The Cheeseheads, the Packers, pulled off what was seemed to be impossible by history. They beat the Saints at the Superdome. In, it, was, it was a really I, – I enjoyed watching that game. It was back and forth. All night, it's 37-30 to final score. Ended up being a touchdown. And for the Packers, it just really, Aaron Rodgers was being Aaron Rodgers. He really was. I mean, we should, he showed glimpses of that prime time that he's been able to show. Brandon, I forgot the stat line. You mind uh, reading the, or enlightening the listeners of what the stat line was for the last time the Packers won in New Orleans? It was in the 1990s. It was week 16 in 1995 was the last time the Packers beat the Saints on the road at the Superdome. It was 1995. That that's insane. That is a stat honestly, that will blow I feel your like, mind. Honestly, I feel like they got to thank COVID for that because especially for not as many fans being in that stadium and for not having the same atmosphere, I oh, feel like that's it's probably 100%. That, was, that was a big that was a big factor. It was a huge factor. And noticing in the game, especially in the fourth quarter, where there was a play, I believe it was third and um, long inside the red zone, and Aaron Rodgers had um, everything set up, and he drew Demario Davis offside. Not once, but twice in a single play, he jumped offsides on the hard count, came back across, and jumped again. And that ends up leading to a pass on. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers being as smart as he is, go for the big play when you got the penalty. And he gets to Alan Lazard, and they end up getting the pass interference call, which sets them up pretty nicely for a pretty pretty easy TD to pretty much seal it. But, I mean, as far as the, the, the Packers offense, I mean, I don't know how many times we've said it, but they're showing us that 
they didn't need to draft any receivers in the it's draft. Not, it sounds like we're beating a dead horse over here. It's but It's crazy. It's insane just how much scrutiny they were going over. I mean, Alan Lazard, one TD, six receptions, 146 yards. 146. That, if you had him on your fantasy league. Well done. You made great a job. great job. Great GM. Honestly, apply for the <laughs> apply to be Detroit's GM or something. <laughs> no, it was it was I mean, when you think of Alan Lazard, you don't think of a guy that's gonna put up hundred and forty yards. Yeah, that's average twenty four yards each right, time he gets the ball. That's Devontae's stat or uh, yeah, Devontae Adams' stat line right there. The six, one forty six and a TD. That's his stat line, not Allen's, but boy did he step up. Yeah, Mark or um MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, he did not do very he, much. He kind of let... But, I mean, when you got guys like Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger at the tight end spot, they really kind of filled You can in. have an off day. You can afford that. Exactly. And even Mercedes Lewis, he had that touchdown catch in the third quarter. So the tight ends played extremely well, and even run blocking. I mean, Jones had 69 yards and a touchdown. Not as much as he put up against the Lions, but, hey, Saints defense, much better than the Lions. Yeah, so. most definitely. <laughs> definitely. But and when I you mean, lo- when you look at the Saints too, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, they were basically even on the stat line. Both had three TDs. Yep. Almost had the same amount of completions and uh, completions and attempts. Uh, I think their difference of yards was like five. Uh, Drew Brees had 288. Aaron Rodgers had 283. So a very evenly matched game throughout. I mean, you can look at the stat line too. Uh, Alvin Kamara yeah, had a Alvin- field day. I feel like that was the deciding factor of the game. Alvin Kamara just went off. And, Brandon, you have him on your fantasy league, so you probably are pretty happy. The Captain Kamara ship has sailed, my friends, and it is a very good voyage right now. I mean, 12 – he had – I'm sorry. Latavius Murray got his 12 touches. He had 58 yards. Not too bad. Alvin Kamara had half that, same yardage rushing. Then you add the receiving part. Alvin Kamara had 13 catches. That's a res- that's a Michael Thomas. Just stat looking line. at this stat line is ridiculous. One thirty nine in the yards department and two TDs, including a forty yard plus one. I can't remember the exact, but it was over forty yards on the screen where he broke six tackles, six tackles on the way there. Um, shout out to his blocking though too. They played, they they made a play really happen. So, I mean, when your running backs getting fourteen targets, I I think that says as much about Drew Brees' confidence in Kamara. Especially now that your your number one receiver is is still out with an injury with Michael Thomas. Yeah, definitely. He Drew Brees has really been able to uh, add value to Kamara, uh, especially with how well he's been able to play the past couple weeks and how well he's been able to play this week. I feel like if they go into the next next week, I feel like they just got to get it done. One and two so far for a really good Saints team. This is really uncharacteristic. Um, I don't think we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing this kind of stat line for long, especially being them being one and two. I feel like they'll be able to turn it around just a little bit pretty soon, because um, they play the uh, they play the Lions. They play the Lions next week. So yeah, sneak <laughs> win, sneak win. Brandon, I think that's a little bit too much to. All right. <laughs> I think that's I, a little bit too much to ask. Geez, but they okay. play the Lions next week and the Chargers the week after that. So that's probably Char- Chargers was doable. Chargers, Chargers definitely is definitely doable. doable. Lions, so. uh, that's probably a. You're not going it's not a coin. Win? It's not a coin flip. It's not a coin flip. Okay, I'll tell you that that's much. that's a that's a good way to limit up. But I mean, the Saints like this is a team we were talking about NFC Championship bound, and they start off one and two. And yes, I get it. They they played Green Bay. Green Bay is a tough team, and they've showed it. They're playing phenomenal football. And really, the difference of this game, it wasn't necessarily skill players or anything like that. Green Bay just capitalized on mistakes. I mean, the Saints. I mean, literally, they had the the um the fumble. I believe it was. Or was it? Yeah, I believe it was a fumble by Aaron Jones, and then they end up going back, and then Taysom Hill fumbles on a read option, 
and then Green Bay goes down and scores. Like, mm-hmm. that play right there really changed the game because the Saints couldn't capitalize. And we just saw that a lot where they were just they were just that close from getting it done, and they just, just didn't quite get it there. So if they can figure that piece out, how to finish drives, then they can, they're going to be in good shape, especially with their schedule they've yeah. got coming up. Yeah, so. definitely. I mean, Falcons next week, Buccaneers are – sorry, excuse me. The Packers have the Falcons next week and then the Buccaneers the week after that. So that's going to be a pretty tough bout for them to stay undefeated. But I feel like the Saints will be able to turn the page and get a win next week. Hopefully that will start a streak for them because I do like the Saints. Yeah. Uh, as sad as it will be to see the Lions lose again, I do like the Saints. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we're friends with Brody. He was a big Saints fan. He's a reporter at the Torch. I mean, I'm sure he's got he's got a lot more enthusiasm in the Saints, and I'm sure that he's not too worried about it as the Packers are a great team. But speaking of NFC great teams, Cowboys and Seahawks, we had two of them take on each other. In um, I believe it was, was it the game of the week? I believe it was. Yeah, it was America's game of the but week. Seahawks, Cowboys in Seattle. It was definitely a fun game that came down to the wire. If um, you had Russell Wilson on your fantasy team, you probably got a lot of hefty points. I'm going to say this. I r- truly believe, and I don't care if you think I'm biased because he's my favorite player. You can be a football fan, and you can agree that Russell Wilson should be in the MVP conversation right now. And that's no oh, question definitely. or argument about oh, definitely. it. That he should be the front runner right now, and I don't really see how anybody else is in front of him the way that he's really kind of changed I wouldn't say change the team, but with all of the change or all of the pieces changing throughout the off season, I mean, you lose like some guys, mm-hmm. you gain some guys. I mean, they have Greg Olson now. Yeah. I, I that was that was kind of a, a little bit of a shock coming into the off season was seeing that Greg Olson was going to sign with somebody mm-hmm. else and not retire. But I mean, he played a he played a big role in yeah. that game especially, on Sunday, especially with people counting him out after that Super Bowl run. Those two Super Bowl runs of those yeah. that. Uh, I mean, they won the one, but they ended up losing to the Patriots. They, everyone kind of counted him out. They said, all right, Russell Wilson's down. He's not going to be able to come back. But he said no. I mean, last night, 27 for 40, 315 yards, five TDs. Absolutely ridiculous stat line. He went had six carries, 22 yards. His receivers were on fire, uh, other than DK Metcalf. We'll talk about that well, in a sec, though. Okay, DK Metcalf played a great game. He just forgot play the game fully to the whistle for two seconds when yeah. he got that ball knocked out of his hands in the end zones. But, I mean, he still made the catch that led to the the game-winning touchdown to win 38-31, and he still had 110 yards and a touchdown. I mean, Tyler Lockett had nine catches, 100 yards. Greg Olson, like I said, five catches for 61 yards. That was huge. Um, there was um, – David Moore coughed it up once. DK Metcalf, obviously, at the touchback. So there's there's some things they can still work on. But their defense, they still held up. They had two picks on um they had two picks on deck. They also had a fumble. So that that was really big. And I feel like that was the key to the game was that the Cowboys just made too many mistakes yeah. and Seattle just took advantage of them. I mean, looking at special teams, the muffed kickoff, the that led to the safety, extra point blocked, missed kicks. There's just too much stuff special teams-wise. And defensively, penalties that keep drives alive on third mm-hmm. down led to touchdowns. Those things the Cowboys just can't do if they're going to be yeah. a serious contending team. I mean, team. Dak almost threw 60 times. He went 37 for 57. When you miss a, when you miss throws 20 times in the game, especially after throwing 60 times, that's just something that's going to really wear out your arm. And come to the fourth quarter when you're literally just throwing around like a slingshot on your arm that basically has no joints at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's not tough pretty. to it's tough to even come you really got to preserve your arm at that point. I mean, 
it doesn't matter who you are. If you throw that many times, you're going to have a rough go of it. And, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott with 14 carries, 34 yards. That's, he didn't have a super great that's night. Not, that's kind of uncharacteristic yeah, of I him. Yeah, I think those two definitely had correlation because I think Elliott was a big part of the game plan, but he really just he struggled running the football, mm-hmm. and Dak had to really take take control of that with his arm. And it's just, yeah, when I'm, t- 60, 60 throws a game, that's just, just so tough. many so many looks the defense is going to have mm-hmm. at you. And two interceptions. If you go 60, 60 throws without making an interception, that's a, you're having a It doesn't matter how many game. completions you had either. That's yeah. just that's impressive. Yes. And then Michael Gallup to round out uh, the Cowboys offense. He went six, re- six receptions, 138 yards. And Cedric Wilson went 5-107. and 107. And CeeDee Lamb, the rookie, five receptions for 65 yards. He's shown a lot of promise so far mm-hmm. this year. Yes. We love to see that from the rookie. But This Cowboys offense should be not 1-2. No, definitely they sh- not. They shouldn't be 1-2. And, and I know, I, I understand, they've played tough teams. I get it. I mean, the Rams game, If I think it's fair to say they should have won the Rams game. Mm-hmm. And they should be two and one. I'm not saying they should have beat Seattle. I'm not saying that. I mean, the Seattle team to me is one of the top in the NFC. I think them and Green Bay are right now fighting for that top spot. But I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have too much, and we've, we're going to say this throughout the rest of the season. If they don't make the playoffs with this offense, what's going to change? Because they have so many weapons. So many of them. Michael Gallup is your wide receiver three right now for this team, and he led the team in reception 138 yards. Because I think people are fair to say that Cooper is the one, and CeeDee Lamb might have taken the two spot. Those two, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, are kind of interchangeable. Just depends on the game plan. But, I mean, you got them, and then you got Zeke running the football. This team should all the be signs, one of the best All the, the signs point to having one of the greatest teams in the game right now. But when they can't get it done – Especially against, I mean, Seattle is no joke, obviously, but against a team who could go either way, if they can't get the job done, I don't know if they're going to be able to turn the page. I mean, they got the Browns next week who, honestly, I feel like they'll get the win, but you can never count them out. The Giants, they have a little bit of an easy schedule for the next two weeks, but they come in the Cardinals and then the Eagles later, Steelers and Vikings down the road. So it's going to be tough. They're going to have to turn the page pretty soon. Ezekiel obviously had an off night, but if he keeps this up, more like games like these are going to happen. Yeah, and even the defense as well. I mean, there are so many question marks with his defense. I mean, you got, you're got you losing guys. Obviously, you lost Gerald McCoy, who could have been a big factor. I, I really am a big fan of Gerald McCoy. His get-off is amazing. I mean, one of the best in the game to do it. But, I mean, secondary has losing Byron Jones. Big blow. We've seen that. They're really relying on some young guys, which Trevon Diggs did make a very good play, knocking the ball to DK Metcalf's hands. Not not given, not disregarding Credit where that. credit's due. Yeah, but I mean, this 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 secondary, this defense, you can just tell they're they're not there yet. And no. when you play a team like Seattle, if your defense is not there yet, they they're just gonna do what they did, and they won by a touchdown. So. Don't count Dallas out yet, but they they got some things to figure out if they really want to be a contender. Seattle's they're just doing what they did, and that's mm-hmm. what they did. So, but tonight, Brandon is probably the biggest game of the year. Probably an AFC Championship preview with the Baltimore Ravens and Kansas City Chiefs, the two probably youngest, greatest younger quarterbacks in the game to play right now. Future Hall of Famers, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are going to square off. Brandon, what are your thoughts on the game? This should be game of the year. I feel like this is going to be I'm 
I'm so excited. I literally can't <laughs> like I'm about Dan Orlovsky like jumping in my chair on set right now. It's it's just it gives me chills thinking about this game. This is an amazing game. If you don't normally watch football and you want to get into football, watch tonight. Yeah, watch. This is going to be a great game. Knock on wood, nothing terribly bad goes wrong. But um, two once- un- yeah, two undefeated teams. They're going to be squaring off. I mean, they both both quarterbacks have the same skill set. Really, they both can run. They both can throw. It's going to come down to who has the less mistakes. But honestly, Brandon, I'm more looking forward to the Chiefs with what they have right now. Tyree Kill, if he's been able, if Patrick Mahomes can utilize him a little bit more, he's going to be better for those people who have him on their fantasy team. Yeah. Especially with his talent too, they're going to be able to probably edge out the Ravens. But you can't count them out with Mark Ingram being their running back. Lamar Jackson being their quarterback, it's going to be a clash of the Titans today. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson's 4-0 in primetime games. Don't forget that. This dude knows how to play under the lights, and he definitely showed out at Louisville when they had big games, and that's what reason that he put Louisville really on the football map mm-hmm. for that school, as normally they would be necessarily regarded as a basketball school. But, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Last time these two teams faced off, came down to five points. Patrick got the edge on that one. And actually, I believe he's 2-0 against Lamar so far. So, I mean, Lamar could be due. And, I mean, looking at this defense, the Ravens' defense is probably the best, one of the top three for sure in the NFL. They're number one in least amount of points allowed as far as defense is concerned. And I think it's going to be exciting because especially you got the Chiefs who they've really figured out how to make quarterbacks Mm -hmm. in – or. They've really figured out how to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. I mean, mixing up their rushing, they've really done a great job with their front seven to really put pressure on the quarterbacks. We've seen that the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, Herbert didn't have an easy job. I no. mean, he played well last week. Give him credit where credit is due. He played a great game in his first start, giving the Chiefs a run for their money last week and week two. But, I mean... It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. I'm really excited to see what Baltimore does running the football because we saw a lot of Lamar Jackson last week, and they they just have so many options. They got Mark Ingram. They can ground and pound with him. They got Gus Edwards, who they really like in the read option game. That makes it another element you got to worry about. And then of course you got J.K. Dobbins, who is a uh, upstart rookie. He can find the end zone at any time. So how the Chiefs can adjust to that run defense is really what I'm excited for because I feel like the the Chiefs have such a um, I mean, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you're gonna you got to do it all, guy. But when you got the Ravens, they really got a three-headed monster there. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting how those two two those two defenses play out. See, I'm starting to get so excited. I'm talking <laughs> fast again. I'm guys. It's just going to be a great game. Go watch it. Eight fifteen on Monday on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Check it's it out. Gonna, it's gonna be the start of a tough couple weeks for the Chiefs, especially. I mean, Ravens today, Patriots next week, and Raiders to finish off that three-week spout. And then I mean, with the Ravens. They've had a pretty easy schedule so far. I'm not even gonna lie. They played the Texans 33 to 16 win. Then they played the or Browns first week 38 to six. I feel like the Chiefs are probably in the better mindset right now, especially for who they've played already. They're gonna have, and especially for the mindset that they have to get in, being able to play all these good teams in a quick span. But honestly, Brandon, I gotta go with the Chiefs today. I think they're gonna be able to edge out the win. I think he's gonna go three and zero against Lamar. What are your thoughts? You know, I made the prediction last week. I made a bold one. I said this is going to end in a tie after seventy-five or um, seventy minutes. I, it's it's really tough for me to pick a team because I feel like this is such an evenly matched game. And just for just for the viewers' sake, I'm going to go when the opposing side. I'm going to go with Baltimore just to make a, a, a nice little rivalry between us <laughs> over the next twenty-four hours. 
So I'll say the Ravens win. I think Lamar finally pulls out his first win over Pat Mahomes. But this won't be the last time these two teams face off for no. sure, and it's going to be exciting every time. But I feel like the Ravens' defense right now is just at such a high level being at home. They keep this up. They can shut or slow down Lamar just enough. Just Chargers did it last week. So if the Ravens can do it this week, they're going to be in shape to win the game. And if Lamar plays under the lights like he does, they they could come out on top in this game. Definitely. But Chiefs definitely have a, a great team as well. So, I mean, it's so hard. It's really a coin it's a, flip. It's, it's, a a coin preview, flip. it's a preview of the AFC Championship. Yeah, this game. is a That's coin what flip this really right is. now. This is, you, you can have viable reasons why each team's going to win, and it's going to be an exciting game. So, uh I, I mean, this is the funny part for me is I made the, the take that there was going to be a tie, and it actually was the wrong game. I mean, <laughs> Cincinnati and Philadelphia actually ended in a tie on Sunday, 23-all after a almost a meltdown from <laughs> the Eagles. I, I mean, I don't know. The Eagles don't look like a good football team right now. No. The Bengals look like what we were expecting, but Philadelphia looks pretty bad right now. It looks like Dallas is going to be in pretty good shape for the division right now. Yeah, I mean, it's the NFC lease, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an appropriate nickname because it, not, there's not great football in that division right now. No, okay. definitely not. No, I mean, Washington got beat by Cleveland 34-20, to 20, and then you're looking at the Giants, got beat by 27 points to the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> who don't even have their starting running back. No. Quarterback, do you tackle DN? They literally don't have half their team, and they still just crush the Giants. So the NFC least is appropriate. But some other games here to close out the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers took out the win on Sunday by a that touchdown. Was, I'm really happy my pick was I just right. feel bad for the Texans at this point. Oh, yeah. The, yeah I'll say this Going right 0-3 already this season, especially I, with who they've had to play this year. Yes. And I, honestly, when they when the Steelers were up on the on the sheet for when they had to play them, I was thinking that they were going to get their first win of the year. I didn't think the Steelers had it in to pull out, especially because Deshaun Watson being one of the best young quarterbacks along with – Patrick Mahomes and Lamar, I mean, you can dispute it with the record all you want, but it's a fact. I thought they were going to be able to edge out the win, but I guess not. Yeah, I mean, that was a fair prediction, and, like, Houston was is due. They're not going to go 0-16. No, not, no, they're no. Not, they're not the classic Detroit or Cleveland Browns type team. This team is too good to go I mean, winless. they play the Lions so. this year, so, and we have already used our sneak win, so. Uh, uh, we can have multiple. Who said we can't have more than one? Brandon, I don't think you realize who the Lions are because we don't get more oh, than one Oh, I know who the Lions <laughs> are. I'm wearing my sweatshirt, and I picked against them last week, okay? I think I know who they are. But, hey, we're going to take a dub while we get it. But, I mean, Minnesota fellow NFC North rival, ouch, lost a game they should have won to Tennessee 31-30. Tough. The, the New England Patriots, what a good – what a – comeback statement win i wouldn't call it a comeback for say i mean they were winning most of the game but it was such a such a stagnant game at the beginning i believe it was only 13 10 and a half yeah. they end up blowing it up the running backs went ballistic in the second half ran all over the raiders they win 36 20 the buffalo bills beat the rams joe sad face that's tough yeah we both picked the rams but it almost happened la had an epic comeback going but the controversial call Call it what you want. Touchdown. Buffalo wins. It is what it is. And our LAs should not be. I mean, obviously they're going to be upset, but they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be really, really upset over it because I mean they gave it all they had and gave them a run for it. I know it's it's a it's a spot where you kind of just 
and you kind of look in hindsight and you feel like what they could have done better, what they did wrong, and what they could have fixed. Jared Goff with the interception, that's a little bit uncharacteristic, kind of sad because he's on my fantasy team. He did go 23 for 32, so he was pretty efficient on the night, but Josh Allen has shown that he's one of the better young quarterbacks in the league. He had a yeah. lot of doubters when he was drafted and when he came into the league, but 311 yards, four TDs, and interceptions against the Los Angeles Rams defense, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, and I think probably the most – um, interested game that people were finding out on social media was the absolute epitome of the Atlanta Falcons football franchise. Blown win again. 30-26 to 26 over Chicago. Shout out to Nick Foles. And I know my buddy Steven said this day one. I said this day one. We wanted Nick Foles as a starter in Chicago. I felt more nervous if Nick Foles was going to play against us in week one as a Detroit fan. And, I mean, he just showed up and said, all right, give me a shot. I'll win this game. And literally comes back and beats Atlanta down 26-10 and, or 23-10. How are the Bears 3-0 and and the Falcons are 0-3? That's just what I want to know. They're, Atlanta's defense played incredible football for three quarters. And, boy, did they fall apart in the last quarter. Nick Foles just shredded them. And this Atlanta Falcons team just, I mean, the they, they put up. They put up how many yards in these three contests? I mean, you think about it. They scored over 30 points. Over, I mean, over 26 points in all three games. Two of them were in the 30s. And they still end up losing the game. Because when you saw Nick Foles come in and throw a touchdown, we literally just think, oh, here we go again. Here it's going to happen gonna once happen. again. And as it always does, the Falcons just can't get it done and – I mean, it's just hard for the be a Falcons fan. I'd rather be a Detroit fan than an Atlanta fan right now. So, um, and I mean, each one of their losses have been close. I mean, Bears yeah. losing thirty to twenty six against the Cowboys. I think they lost one by one point, by one like thirty nine to forty. And then their first game, they lost the Seahawks by like I think it was thirteen points. That was like, was like the only 40, blow up. it was forty something to thirty. Yeah. It was oh, just... thirty eight to twenty five. I mean, they haven't been out of the game. In any of their in any of their games, and especially when you look at the Bears too, all of their wins have been close. They mm-hmm. haven't had any blowout wins, so probably next week or the week after that, or come to and they have to play a tough team. I don't think that this. I'm gonna say I think it's lucky that they're three and zero, especially with the oh 100 percent. Not they play the Colts next week. They're gonna have to face off against a veteran Philip Rivers and a pretty good. And honestly, a pretty good offense. Uh, and then they play the Bucks next week. So I don't think they're going to be able to continue this undefeated streak. If they do, that's insane. Craziest luck streak I've ever seen. Yeah. But they they can they can go undefeated all they want. And then once Rodgers comes to town, it will end. 100% oh, yeah. put the money on the table. It's going Nick to Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky are nowhere near the caliber of Aaron no. Rodgers. No, and that offense right now, and even their defense is playing very underratedly good right now. And they're not playing – they're not like – it's almost like when you look at the Packers and the Bears, you're looking at the Colts and the Jets as far as <laughs> consistency goes. Yeah. And, I and boy, that was a rough go-around for the Jets fans. Firegaze tweets all over Twitter once again, as usual. It was a, not close. It wasn't close. No. 36-7. I think on Friday when we talked about this, uh, that Jets fan bases want their head coach fired more than the Lions fan base. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty accurate statement. I think that's 100% accurate because the Jets, they don't have Jamison Crowder and they don't have Le'Veon Bell. They're playing with the legendary man Frank Gore and a bunch of 
practice squad receivers, basically. They have <laughs> Chris Hogan and Braxton Berrios as their starting receivers, which, by the way, Chris Hogan, not a single catch. No. Not a zero, single catch. Zero, zero, and zero on being, the stat line. Being the number one receiver, you can't put up goose eggs. You no, cannot you do it. That's just like... Just can't do it. At I, least he wasn't the, he wasn't the most least efficient receiver on the team. Lamichael Perrine went had two receptions and he uh, minus one. So yeah, I guess at least he can hold I mean, his head at, up a little. At bit least higher. he knows what the football feels like. I mean, <laughs> that's at least something out of him. But yeah, the Jets not looking good right now. It's going to be interesting. They're, they're probably the only team that's uh, worse than the we're, worse than the. We're going right to see now. a pretty interesting NFC or um, a New York football battle with the Jets and the Giants playing as poorly as they are it might be a pretty good game so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see for that but Teddy Bridgewater got it done first win as a Carolina Panther on Sunday beating Herbert and the Chargers I mean I think they're hoping tire or I hope they're thinking that they can still figure this out because I mean with the Tyrod Taylor situation I'm not not saying that he should be the starter right now I mean Herbert's still playing pretty good football yeah but I mean just the whole situation around it it's just there's just it's a, it's there's got to be a situation. Yeah, there's it's just a really it's a really finicky because you really got feelings on what's going on because I mean that whole yeah it's just unfortunate that that happened and now kind of everything from there is basically a domino effect. Now you're you're really being too cautious right now with some people on your staff or whatever. But it's just a really I mean the Chargers right now are just kind of they're struggling a little bit and they got it. They're just it's really tough to play. And when you got something to worry about, I know like a lot of like a lot of teams talk about when they got guys that get carted off the field. It's really hard to keep playing football when you lose one of your main guys to a, a bad injury. Because I mean that that injury that could have cost his life. Like anything could happen. Yeah, it, that's a scary situation. It's hard to play football after that when you're thinking about your brother in or thinking in your brother in uniform. So it's it's gonna be or it's gonna be a good. I I not want to say it's like gonna be up a good situation when he becomes healthy again because obviously there's still going to be question marks but we're hoping all for the best is basically yeah, most definitely say. but final game tom brady gets it done in denver wins 28 10 so and then miami of course pulled out the win on thursday night football but miami is playing miami is just playing something else let me tell you they're not that good <laughs> they're not that good what are you talking about fitz magic is going crazy yeah well, they'll win three games and then they'll probably end up he'll end up getting hurt and then two is gonna play and then it's just not gonna go very well no but i mean looking at our fantasy league really quick before we transition to nhl captain comerica ships sailing to the w port we're gonna get another w this week i'm super happy about that yeah, but, not um, too, not too bad. I'm yeah. honestly, I'm honestly jealous that you have uh, Alvin Kamara on your team because yeah. that's a that was a big pickup for this week. And honestly, he's been pretty solid all year. He's been one of the if he's probably number one fantasy ranked running back after this week because I mean the dude just keeps putting up touchdowns. But my team hasn't put up a lot of points. We're only um, project. I have Tyree Kill still, so I'm projected about 144, um, maybe 140 ish, somewhere in that ballpark. And I'm usually up in the 150, so not an off week for say, but um. Some guys just didn't have great, like, I mean, Joe Mixon, I'm probably going to put him on the trade block because I'm not mm-hmm. impressed with him so far. But, I mean, Kyle Robach needs to stop. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but he needs to stop. Scoring 180 <laughs> points a week is driving me nuts. It's insane. Because, I mean, when you got Josh Allen and Tyler Lockett and Allen Robinson putting up over 28 points, your team's well on a way to a W. 
And then Johnny, once again, putting up big numbers. It's, yeah, I mean, jeepers. I mean, <laughs> these guys are scoring so many points. It's kind of how do they do kinda that? scary a little <laughs> bit. I mean, I'm, I mean, right now, like those two teams are ranked top, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the league plays out. Um, Joe, your team just, it's, it's, we're having a little bit of trouble, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah. I got to figure out the whole, um, cause I, I got to figure out a lot of these, uh, situations regarding some some injuries. players on injuries and stuff like that but yeah. we're, we'll figure it out a little yeah. bit i mean honest i couldn't find i couldn't get anybody on the trade block that i wanted to get for because i needed someone to sub out for julio jones and i was going to figure out some stuff for that because he had, wasn't able to play last week that was that honestly took a big hit out of my lineup because i'm only i'm only 11 points down from my game but i mean i'm already lost and Julio usually puts up 15, 16 points a game. So if he was in, it would be a different story. So I'm not super worried about it, but I am worried about how uh, these other guys in our leagues are putting up crazy numbers. Right yeah, now. for sure. And, I mean, Barrett, Barrett in the Mikes and Takes battle. Barrett Jones, win number one. Congratulations. Beating out his buddy Travis in the Week 3 Divisional Clash. I mean, it was it was a good – I know Barrett was talking about he wanted his first win, and he got it. So super happy for him. I mean, he had Cooper Cup who had a monster day. Um, Godwin even had a great day until he got injured, sadly. But I mean, his his team was pretty solid, got enough to get the job done. But I mean, this is the funny part: is Kyle right now is sitting at one eighty three, and Hunter has Lamar Jackson and Harrison Butker to play at one forty two. So there is a thirty five percent chance the comeback will happen, and we're gonna see a one eighty to one eighty win. But that's just <laughs> a projection. We'll have to see how it plays out. But Johnny ends up beating our lovely guest friend, Ryan, from last week. Ryan's just – his team's on a little bit – I mean, he's 2-0, and but, I mean, Fitz did not have a great day. Jared Cook did not have the, the no. same attribute. And then we got to play against James Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins. Things Bad things are going to happen. So, um, not not too worried about that. But um, uh, Brennan Burke picks up his first win of the season. Um, he had Kyler Murray, kind of his high point of his team. And uh, Molly Roberts' team just banged up with injuries. It's just when you got that's just tough. It's really tough. You're playing with second string players on your team. It's just, just not a great situation. So, I mean, started. I mean, you got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on your team. That's not a bet. Those aren't some bad assets. So maybe she should make a trade. But um, that's our fantasy update. Is now we go into Joe's favorite topic. He's waited for. I really do. The NHL playoffs have. I would say escalated. You could you could say that. We're in the finals right now. We're in the, we're just Stars and Lightning. It's it's been a pretty interesting go about so far. Lightning look to be in control this whole series. They're up 3 to 2 right now. The Stars have been able to they were able to keep it alive when they were down 3-1. Uh double overtime. They ended up getting a 3-2 win. I'm really excited for this because there's a lot of people who said the Stars are going to come out and get the win, especially with Sagan and uh Jamie Benn on their team. But the Lightning have played ridiculous. Stamkos is back. Kucherov has been playing out of their minds. If you guys don't remember, I'm a big Islanders guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lightning were able to... So you want the Lightning to lose. Here's the thing. <laughs> I want I want them to win because it's like, okay, like at least it's an Eastern Conference team who won, and especially like a team who beat us like they deserve it. But I also don't because... <coughs> excuse me. They kind of... The goal that they scored on shouldn't have been scored on the Islanders because... I hate to relive it because <laughs> just making you think Barlamov, about it worse. Barlamov should have saved that because it was just coming across, and he made those saves plenty of times before. I'm not going to go into it because the Islanders are out. It's old news. 
But, you know, the Stars and Lightning, they've been playing really well. If the Stars are able to get a 3-3 win, they're going to go to Wednesday uh, for Game 7. I think it might happen because the Stars have been playing pretty well. Lightning uh, Lightning are always good. They've always been a good attacking team. But it's going to come down to if the Stars are going to be able to uh, finish out and get the, tied up in the series. Yeah, I mean, Dallas was the one that won the this last game 3 to 2 on um I believe it was um sa- Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday. My dates are all I mean with with COVID going on my yeah. dates are all mixed up. But yeah, like Dallas they they came off the win and, and that was a big win after especially after Tampa Bay went on their run, won 3 in a row. So I mean, both of these teams um one thing that's been really interesting to see is both of these teams have been very good against the power play. They've been one of the more efficient teams, both of them top 6 in the NHL. So it's going to be it's going to be an exciting series. I personally think Dallas is going to win tonight. We're going to get a game 7 in the think finals. So. I believe that's going to happen. I think that having those two guys like you said, Seguin and Jamie Ben, they've been key factors. And I mean, Kadobin's been very good as well. He's been I very underrated um, as far as between the posts. So it should be it's going to be exciting because these two teams are both pretty, um, pretty well known, pretty known electric teams. Um, a lot even, of a lot of firepower. So, even so, Dallas has had some pretty recent success. I mean, yeah, they really haven't had too much since they were I mean known as the Minnesota North Stars. But they've yeah. actually been able to come in. Been able to rebuild, build around Tyler Sagan and Jamie Bennett, being able to do really well. Last game, Tyler Sagan had uh, three assists and three points. He was able to get one of the stars of the game. And Corey Perry with two goals. He was just in the right place at the right time. He did really well. And then Miro Heiskanen with a assist and four shots on goals. He was doing really good too. But it's going to come down to if Lightning are going to be able to kind of squash this light that the Dallas is that Dallas is kind of holding on to right now. If Nikita Kucherov and Stamkos be able to uh, team up, get something done. Braden Point had two assists last game. He played well. very well, yeah. He played really well, too. That's kind of a little bit uncharacteristic from him, but Nikita Kucherov, he's just been the story of the team so far. He's been their main goal scorer. He's been able to set up chances. He just proved a lot of trouble when the Islanders played him. And when uh, and Dallas, obviously, if they find a way to kind of squash him and get him out of the equation, I feel like they're going to be able to send it to a Game 7. Yeah, and even especially the, the number one thing a lot of people were thinking about with the Lightning was when Stamkos left, who was going to be that guy. And Kucherov's kind of established himself, really, as being that guy. I mean, because Stamkos was... He was a, a really hot topic in the sports world when he took off back a couple years ago with his scoring streak, and then now they lose him. I can't remember the team off the top of my head, Joe, but I mean, like the them losing him was supposed to be a big factor, was supposed to really hurt their team, and then Kucherov comes in, and he's kind of been that big guy. I mean, he's had six assists, seven points in these first five games of the finals. He's been fantastic. I mean, Braden Point's been very good as well. Um, Jordan Klingberg for Dallas been very good as well defensively. I mean he's racked up some he's racked up some points for sure. So uh, it'll be it'll be a very interesting game. I I do think Dallas is going to win. I think they have enough just to get to Game Seven, but I don't know if they're going to win Game Seven. But it'll it'll just be interesting to see if the the team that beats your Islanders will make it all the way. I'm hoping so because that means the Islanders probably would have had a chance in the final, but. Lightning, they're a really good team. They've showed their prowess. Uh, we've already seen what they're capable of to do. They're a very aggressive, very good offensive team. They're able to kind of slide the puck around, get it set up. And if they're able to get some going in the front of the net, especially if they're behind, they're able to get the puck and be able to slide it through those nooks and crannies that you're not even looking for. And if they're on the backside, you know that they're going to be able to get in the goal. Yeah, fast breaks can score points. We know that for sure. So 
definitely tune in for that game tonight as well. Lots of good sports coming tonight. Definitely. A lot of, a lot of good I'm games I'm really excited. Coming. I mean, now we got you know, NBA I'm definitely playoffs. Gonna, definitely going to be have to watching a lot of stuff during our RSO meetings tonight. Yeah, uh, we got some RSO meetings. Uh, I guess we'll have, we'll have double screen going on in the Zoom meeting tonight. I guess so. But um, that will likely be the end of our show. If you want to be a guest on the show, there's extra mics here. There's extra seats here. You know what to do. Go to our Twitter. Follow us. And send us a message that you want to be on the show, and we can make that happen. We have guests already lined up for the yeah. next couple weeks. We'd love to have you on. We yeah. want you on the show. We want you on the show. We want you. So, you know what to do. Shout out to Bulldog Radio once again, making this whole thing possible. We don't give them enough credit as it we is. We really don't. They, they're a great organization. Yeah. And just the fact we're able to do this during this time, it's incredible. They, it's they've very... done an amazing job. So, check them out for sure. And, Joe, as w- always... Rome wasn't built in one day, and it's been a good day in the office. It really has been. See, I found it again. I got it in the show again. It's kind of out of context. It I'm, doesn't really make too much sense. but I mean, it's the end of the show, so everything's really out of context. Let's wrap but, it up, Brandon. All right, I guess. You guys have a fantastic day, and we will see you next time on the MBSP. Take care, everybody.